Thank you for listening to the Resources for Integrated Care podcast series, Best Practices for Implementing Enrollee Advisory Committees. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on August 31st, 2022. In this podcast, Michaela Arsenault, a project manager at Central Oregon Health Council, discusses Central Oregon Health Council's approach for enrollee advisory committees. Starting off a little about the organization I work for, the Central Oregon Health Council is a community governance nonprofit and we are dedicated to improving the health of the region and provide oversight of specific source community solutions. And they are a region's coordinated care organization, or CCO, and they manage the Medicaid benefits in Central Oregon. As part of our contract with the CCO, we facilitate and manage the required community advisory council for Medicaid members, and they are our enrollee advisory committee. I'd like to share with you a few best practices that we found to create and implement an EAC. The first is to ensure that there's a clear meaning and purpose and that people know what they're signing up for. Having clearly defined roles and responsibilities is important. And this could be something like a committee charter, a job description for members, as well as defined roles and responsibilities for committee chair and vice chair. And for implementing, it's important to develop a strong foundation by leveraging onboarding processes and checking in regularly with members. And you can do this by meeting with the members one-on-one to build relationships, share how the advisory committee works, answer questions, and help them navigate the process for becoming a member. Provide the new member with an orientation finder that contains pertinent policies to it. Another great idea is to implement a buddy system We can partner new members with more seasoned members if they'd like to discuss topics outside of the meeting or ask questions to a peer. And this also helps operating within a formal meeting format or institutional setting. Peer voting procedure. You can still have discussions and vote without the formal motioning and seconding. This can be confusing and intimidating for some. So avoid terms like minutes. These can simply be called minute notes, you know, and ask for edits before they're approved. And prioritize conversation and dialogue over PowerPoints. No one likes to be talked at, and they're, they're there for discussing issues and sharing their insights. Consider different ways to support your EAC members' participation. It's important to ensure meetings and materials are easily accessible and understandable. For materials, consider using plain language. Avoid using acronyms and industry jargon. Your members may also need, you know, materials translated, the font and large, hard copies, and so forth. For meetings, again, try using diverse and individualized approaches based on your members' needs. Consider using closed captioning, providing transportation, ensuring ADA-accessible meeting spaces, offering tech support. You can even put on a headset to protect your voice for in-person meetings, whatever your members may need. Other ways to support your EAC members' participation Costs can sometimes be a barrier to participation, like transportation, childcare, internet connectivity. Providing meals during meetings is especially beneficial if meetings are held during lunch breaks or other meal times. One of the barriers that we found with some of our members, um, some of our members had little access to internet during COVID. So we got creative, checked out Wi-Fi-enabled tablets to remember, scaled back the settings on those tablets, sat down with them, and showed those members how to easily access the video conferencing functions and meeting materials. 
Adding support questions to your membership applications can help identify their needs for participation. For an example, we collect real D data, and this is race ethnicity, but it also includes language and disability. And we have this on our application in order to better support our members, and all these questions are optional. But we also include a simple question, and we ask specifically how we can best support them. Our question on our application is, we can provide transportation to CAC meetings, and this is our EAC, um, and other accommodations such as language interpretation. Do you need transportation, interpretation, or any special accommodation? If so, what? Also, members' needs can change over time, um, so this is where checking in regularly can help. Best practices for recruiting and retaining EAC members. When recruiting EAC members, start with the why. Why is this work important? How does it connect to a larger picture? How does it impact them and their community? An oversimplified example is, you know, they as a member get to collaborate on programs and policies. They can share about issues they're seeing and experiencing to be resolved within the system. And all of this leads to better health and healthcare for everyone. One of our strongest strategies we found for recruiting is with the help of trusted sources. And these can be your partners that serve the community, like food pantries, Meals on Wheels, facility services. You can get your member support service reps to help if they have relationships with some of the members or can identify strong self-advocates. And fellow EAC members can also help recruit. And think about customizing your recruitment material. Change the language and imagery to reflect the demographic you're recruiting for. Add different messages that would resonate. You want them to know that they belong. Also, including the list of EAC's successes in our current projects to give a better idea of the work that they'll be doing is helpful. For retention, fostering social connection is important. For us, since our meetings are currently held online, we take 10 minutes of every meeting to go into breakout rooms to have fun, answer get-to-know-you questions. And these are, this time is built into the meeting. It's not before or after the meeting. And about one to two times per year, we try to have longer get-togethers. And lastly, closing the loop and showing impact. Your members are there because they want to make an impact. They want to see what you did with the input they provided. And one of the things that we do for simple items is that we keep track of the action items from the previous month and revisit them at the beginning of each meeting. And then for longer ongoing projects, we have a Google Sheet and we list the projects, um, we list the status of the projects, the actions being carried out, and what the results were. And we try to be as visual, visual and transparent as possible. Um, and the members always have access to this tracking spreadsheet. For leading the EAC, let the members lead the work when possible. So there may be required items that you need to discuss with them. But for the most part, follow their interests. Involve the members in planning agendas. Make sure to engage members at the start of the project, not when the project or process is almost finalized. In our experience, this is more meaningful to the members, and it's easier to incorporate their feedback. Plus, they're more acquainted with the project and can make more informed decisions. And it's more inclusive than you know, asking them to rubber stamp it at the end of the process. And explore issues that are meaningful to your members. For example, we hold space during meeting times where members can bring up health, healthcare-related issues for our And if our EAC wants to pursue the issue, we gather more information and data and work with our EAC and relevant entities to resolve it. We facilitate in a manner that ensures all voices are heard and builds strong consensus. 
you know, there, there are formal trainings that you could take, but it could be as simple as intentionally holding space for each member to have an opportunity to provide their feedback before a decision is made, especially holding space for enrolling members from underrepresented communities and facilitating conversations in a way that invites differing perspectives to get a more holistic view. We also use five-finger voting that you can see on the screen to work towards consensus. And with this, you can tell you know, quickly who's in agreement, who's opposed to the work or to the idea and kind of work towards more agreeable next steps. And how it works is you know, zero fingers up, so like a fist, that means someone is totally opposed to the idea, all the way up to five fingers is completely in agreement. For health equity, we, again, we collect realty information that's race, ethnicity, language, and disability on our members and work to ensure that our EAC members represent the population's demographic. We actively work to build relationships in underrepresented populations. We're currently working with tribal relations and we've adjusted our meeting practices and processes to be more inclusive based on their feedback what I shared earlier. And for some of our inclusive meeting practices, we share pronouns, we ensure meeting and materials are accessible, we try to make sure members feel comfortable and safe, you know, holding space for everyone to share, holding small groups, discussions, and report outs. Um, when we're video conferencing, letting members communicate through chat or private message. In Oregon, coordinating characterizations are required to invest in initiatives addressing social determinants of health and health equity. And our EAC is in charge of deciding which initiatives those projects are funded, and health equity is built into their funding process. We provide DEI, or diversity, equity, inclusion training, and education for our members. We promote our state's DEI trainings. We contract with tribal members to offer trainings on how to best partner with tribes in our area. We invite our role and members to participate in trainings to address systemic racism, you know, we've held advocacy trainings to promote health equity, and we've also have regular conversations around health equity within our meetings. So we've tried to bake health equity into all of our processes and programs, and you know, this is this is continuously a work in progress. So these are some of our best practices from our EAC. I just want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care. You can also find resources for integrated care on LinkedIn to stay up to date with our recent products and technical assistance.